Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Hey everyone, it's fucking June now. What? You're listening to TDS, I'm TD. This is the month of June. This is the first of four episodes that will be the last four episodes of this particular podcast. And in July, I'll be launching a podcast for Channel 101 called Primetime Flies, which will essentially be what I do with TDS, but with its own structure, bells and whistles and such and such. I still have to figure that out. You'll notice I'm completely enamored with that scene over there in Los Angeles where I've never been, but I've had over 20 guests on in the past year from there, and I'm still scratching the surface. And it'll be a great opportunity to have guests on that I haven't chatted with before and to chat again with those I've had on this one. Uh, There's no love or appreciation lost, though, for my hometown, the Waterloo region of Ontario. In fact, there's so much love and appreciation, it's kind of overwhelming. So with this podcast's retirement in mind, I booked the June episode's guests to be people, all of whom I've known for over a decade, and who uh, we've been mutual supporters of each other and each other's goings-on for a long time. On this episode, I have Dan Hodgson, whom I met in January 2011, even though you'll hear me say I've only known him for a year. He didn't correct me, nor did I correct myself. But I've known him for over a decade now, and he's really good at photography. He's the one that took the photo in in a shoot we did that I used for the Todd Donald Show podcast cover art. He's also a big vinyl record enthusiast, and this is us shooting the shit, talking mostly about vinyl and catching up in April, while I was still in the Arctic. Please give a warm welcome to my guest, Mr. Daniel Hodgson. Hey, Todd, how are you? Oh my God, we got it going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is all new to me, man. Like, this is is pretty cool stuff. Yeah, but I I, I was having some trouble over here, and the whole time I'm fucking freaking out, because I know know that you're... You're waiting to get it going too. Like you've given oh, me time right. today to chat and you've been patient with me. Let's just say that in the last couple months, like I'm still excited about stuff. I'm still jive to be alive, but there's just more stuff exhausting me and stressing me out than good right now. But like, I'm oh, sure, damn. you know, you know, as any other human being does, even if in the back of your mind that there's always a future time where that changes. <laughs> So yeah, it's like that's, that's the thing. But fuck, man, I, I love no. you. I'm I'm so glad that we get to have a chat as friends and also record it and share it with the public. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I can't wait. Let's go into it as naturally as I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of introduce you to other people, okay. even though it's just you and me talking to each other right now. I'm gonna yeah yeah, <laughs> but other people are gonna eventually hear it. Yeah. Uh, welcome cool. to the Todd Donald Show. I'm very happy to be chatting with someone I've been friends with for a bit over a year now, since we met at a downtown Kitchener venue that existed, past tense, I believe, called The Hive. You you are the photographer who was nice enough. I don't you can tell me how what you called this, but you were you were kind enough to just invite me to have some photos taken and the best photos of me that have ever been taken, one of which is the cover of this podcast. That's right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Daniel Hodgson is the name, of course. If I'm talking to the audience, I haven't given you the name yet. I mean, <laughs> but aside, aside from art, you, you, you've, you've been a good friend. 
this whole time. That's most prominent. But on top of that, you're also a very talented photographer and you are a music freak, a vinyl collector. I definitely know that for sure. And you were, you were on, I recorded a podcast with you like five, six years ago for a podcast yeah, that I never was. launched. <laughs> it was called Five Piece right. Chicken Dinner. Yeah, that was a video um, sort of podcast. Mm-hmm. I remember that. that. Wow, that was that long ago. Holy smokes. It was like quasi talking about vinyl, but ultimately I think it was more so talking about the music itself. And I think like just the era of of music that was recorded when vinyl was the main medium that it came out on. You showed me some stuff. I didn't know that the Eagles existed, or sorry, I didn't know that Fleetwood Mac existed before the Fleetwood Mac we all know. And there's a lot of people like Shrek. Yeah, it's like my my uh, my didn't uh, know that <laughs> favorite era of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, well, right. not me. <laughs> my favorite era of Fleetwood Mac is definitely the Peter Green era. But um, but you can thank my dad for that. But then I uh, you know progressively followed them over the Jesus since I was a kid. So but that's the Mister Wonderful is the album he had, which yeah. uh, led me into blues essentially and. When I associate with Fleetwood Mac with blues, they look at me like I've got two heads. Like, well, yeah, that's how they started. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it was from, if it was like pre, I don't know, rumors or whatever. But like there's an instrumental, it has vocals in it. There's a piece by Fleetwood Mac, and I can't remember the name, but I just used it. It was in Jerry Maguire. You know the scene when he's like phoning oh. up all his clients and he's like trying to hold on to them after he yeah, gets fired? Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's been a long time. I totally... Wow, I'll have to revisit that soundtrack and see what it is. But now you've it's got a straight me up blues. Yeah, um, I forget the, the name of it, but ah. now you have me <laughs> scrambling on the internet after this <laughs> after this interview. <laughs> can 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 you talk about your f- photography for a little bit? Because I, I I'm not sure where it's sitting in your life right now, but it's, you it's um it's still there, but as a hobby now. Right. So what but was the always, story of you always taking will it? be with me? Okay. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I never really asked you the story before about like what it was like for you to. It's a it's a brave step to make because there's you have to figure out. Okay. Well, how do I do business? Yucky word. Yeah. I mean, you're you're an amazing photographer, and obviously you saw potential in yourself. So what what was that journey like? Just take me back to the beginning of, of I saying when I was fourteen. Yeah, and then it, I had an interest in it then, but. As the digital age came in, like I was toying with it, but as for a business and getting into it, studio stuff, oh boy, I was probably 13, 14 years ago, and technology obviously is different every year. And I started off with film mm-hmm. and then progressively saved up to digital. And then I was just on YouTube constantly looking at people that I admire and uh, just looking at their lighting setup and just figuring it out. Yeah, I did go to school in Sydney, Australia for photography, but I was back in the film days. But now the digital world is so much different. I mean, the concept's still the same. The application's still the same. But the nice thing about digital, you see it instantly. So, yeah, um, got into a few weddings. Um, I stopped doing weddings a couple of years ago. And then we're going to fast forward a couple of years. Uh, they were just burning me out, and I wasn't getting satisfaction out of one that sounds doesn't sound great but don't get me wrong i was putting 100 percent into every wedding i did but at the end of the day i was just burnt i was just wrecked mm-hmm. and now i mean just with you i mean meeting you through megan i i enjoy portraits when i i mean 
Like if someone wants a portrait tomorrow and I'm available, I'll do it. I mean, that's what I love doing mm-hmm. because just like your interviews on your uh, podcast, you can reschedule if something goes wrong. Right. But with weddings, you can't. And let's say I wasn't happy with what I was producing. I could say that my friend pretty much, hey, do you want to do another shoot? Because I'm just wasn't, <laughs> you know, wasn't 100%. I just feel like I need to tweak it or something or just a different setup that, to satisfy my, my brain that keeps me up at night. Sometimes thinking, why didn't I do it this way or shouldn't have done it that way? And that's the photographer's brain. We actually, it sounds strange, but we, like a friend of mine, we actually can't sleep because, and, and it's not even a pain gig. It's not even important. It's just something for fun, <laughs> you know, yeah. but we still criticize ourselves thinking, oh, I need to do this again. And it's happened a couple of times, but with you, I mean, it was great because I had a concept. I set it up, probably took two days thinking about it, you know, going over and for some reason it gelled and yeah, it, it, it worked. I think from that point onwards, I was like more comfortable with my studio stuff. Studio lighting can be very tricky, can be very technical. But just after I took your portrait, I was super stoked. Especially when the one, if you remember, you're you're grabbing your hoodie. Yeah. I mean, those files are somewhere on a hard drive. But uh, <laughs> it's that was exactly what I wanted. I was just giving myself high fives after that shoot because it was just it was a simple shoot, very basic. But for me, it was just, that's what I wanted. And with wedding photography, sometimes you don't have that opportunity to go back and say, hey, can we try this again? (laughs) We need to do reshoots, everybody. uh... (laughs) That's the nice thing about the digital age now, with uh, and and music too. Like like the digital age, back in the film day, I mean, once the film developed, and that was like, oh, reshoot. So all this rigmarole again, and, you know, but now it's like instant. It's like, yes, we've got it. Yes, we've got it. No, we don't have it. Let's do that again. And then reshoots are pretty much not a thing these days. Right. Laying down a track. I mean, shit, you can lay it down a track from Australia, have it to somewhere in Canada, and some dudes in London, England, putting down whatever instrument, and the main controller is elsewhere, and it's like, all right, we've got it. It's crazy what can be done now, but... I mean, you could, same with photography, you can do a shoot and somewhere in the halfway across the world can be live seeing it saying, all right, that's it. Like a, an editor of a magazine or something or, or a producer of some sort trying to figure out what they want and they can see it without being there. Mm-hmm. Now the film days, everyone had to be there to see what's going on. Just like, I think it's a little like that, the music day. Well, um, I mean, you're chatting with me right now from, from Ontario. And I'm in the Arctic. Yeah. So it's happening. It's crazy. Like we're, what, five, 6,000 K away? Something stupid like that? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something ridiculous. Dear listener, I hope you're enjoying the convo so far. It's weird because I'm talking about being the, in the Arctic. Like it's April still. But it's June that I'm editing this episode and I'm in Ontario and it's warm as shit. Much better mood. Here's a track by a friend of the podcast, a lovely human in every way, an amazing artist, Vienna D'Amato Hall. And this is the song from the Long Stay Hotel album called Avenue B. You mentioned surrender, the holiest fever. It's no fever, 
what we're coming to be You and your fantasies Lost in the mouth of some second girl's feast She was your armor It knows your skin just like me And don't forget Avenue I was kind of curious when I was talking with, um, well, I'm curious, like, I'm curious about this with you now, but I, I had a guest on who is like amazing at dialects is an act, is a professional actor. And she, and she talks about like how she sounded different to people after living somewhere for, I, I was just curious about yeah. for, for, for you to me. I mean, you sound like my friend Daniel, but you also have a dialect that represents where you're from. Yeah. One, how long have you lived in Canada now? And two, when you talk with family or friends back home, do you sound different to them now? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Todd. Well, I've been in Canada now for, well, back in April 9th of this year. It was 20 years exactly. So I've wow. been here for 20 years and a couple of weeks. I remember the day 
back in 2001. Spoke to my uncle. Uh, he FaceTimed me on Facebook the other day just to shoot the shit. And uh, he saying that I do have an accent of <laughs> half and half. And I'm like, I don't really hear it. But he does. I mean, that's. I mean, when you've been here for twenty years, I mean, that's what what happens, right? I mean, it's just right. it's not more of an accent. It's more of like little things. Like I say, sidewalk now, but back home it's footpath. Right. Um, the trunk of the car here is the boot of the car there. You know, stuff like that. And rear view mirror, rear vision mirror, whatever you want to call it. You know, <laughs> so it's stuff like that that they pick up on more. My mom doesn't notice. My uncle said, "Yeah, it's slightly. It's not. You know, it's not." It's not put on like you want to put it on to sound cool or something, you know. Right. You know, some some actors been in England for six weeks and they come back with a full British accent. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> come on! I'm not pointing any fingers. No, all it's, of you. It's, uh, yeah. I wouldn't mention any names, <laughs> but it's like, what are you? Speaking but, yeah, of which, have you uh, listened to any Madonna uh, lately on your on your vinyl? I'm just that's where I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were? Yeah. I, did. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love Madonna. I think she is brilliant. Like I've have all the stuff on vinyl, all of it. The progression throughout the year is just amazing. Uh, you know what? She probably does that to make people talk. And hey, what are we doing now, right? So, but she, I, she's not, she's not dumb. She's she's a hell of a smart woman, and. That's one concert that I haven't been to and I'd love to see her in concert because, you know, she doesn't just get up there and start singing. She does the whole performance, but, you know, that's another conversation. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, Madonna, I mean, yeah, sometimes it's irritating when you hear her talk, but, I, you know, I think she's, as I said, she's smart and she's doing this on purpose just for people to be like, you know, the next day and on Entertainment Tonight or something and play, what's with the... You know, it's like a Jerry Seinfeld. What's with the accent? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm just curious. I know you. You're not currently living in Kitchener Waterloo, but that's where we met. It's yeah, where, we are. Yeah, we're back now. God, I'm I'm out of the loop. I was oh, just curious. It's it's been a while since I I've never talked about the city on the podcast before, but I know that there's an American audience now that listens to this one. Don't 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 feel like you have to speak on in in, in some sort of a ambassador role. Just from your own POV, can you tell the listener what KW is? Some people just don't know Canada that well. They don't know Ontario that well. Uh, so how, how would you describe KW to like an outsider? KW to me, I've been here for 20 years. It's growing population-wise at a rapid rate, which it's not just me. I don't like it because it's just too much. It's I mean, gentrified for sure. But, yeah, but besides that, great tech hub fantastic job opportunities for people in the tech business still. Kitchen Waterloo is the home of the BlackBerry and not many people know that. Though BlackBerry phones are not really in play now, but the technology is still here and BlackBerry employed a lot, a lot of people in this area and worldwide, but it all started here in Kitchen Waterloo. Now we've got Google, we've got Communitech, which is a local brand. Google set up shop here, which is fantastic. I mean, and where the area is now, when I first came here, it was just a shithole. And now it's beautiful. I mean, the old warehouses converted into offices and along King Street, Weaver Street area, as you know, Todd, with the new train station from going to Toronto and that. So it's good in that way. I mean, we got Breslau Airport now, which is fantastic. They're playing in and out of the States and throughout uh, 
Canada, which is great for business people. It's fantastic. Operates as a private airport as well, I believe. A KW, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange area. I mean, you got two, you got Kitchener, Waterloo, Twin Cities, but they're run by different councils. I wish they would merge into one because they're so close. Literally, you can step on the other side of the sidewalk and you're in Kitchener or Waterloo, but they have different regulations. I mean, in Kitchener, it's weird. You can have a little bonfire in Waterloo. You're getting a bylaw ticket. <laughs> it's like, I wish they could just merge into one. I think it'll be a better region. I mean, I know Cambridge is part of the region too, but Cambridge is way further out. Kitchener Waterloo, I mean, yeah, it's up and coming. It's, I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, it's got everything here that we need. I just wish more big name acts will do a, a stop yeah. here. They go to London, Ontario, which is what an hour and a bit down the 401. Hell, Prince has played in London, but we kind of have the venue for it. But London, granted, it does have a bigger venue. I just wish more musical acts will come here. I mean, we've got an abundance of talent right now, which I honestly, through COVID, you just don't know that they're out there yet because yeah. a lot of them can't play. I remember Lady Gaga played here when she was a nobody. Yeah. She played at Elements when she was just starting out. And I remember like, that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I played her stuff. She's a crazy lady that dresses up weird. And now she's like Madonna. She's up there. She's a force to be reckoned with. But it's stuff like that that excites me, like up-and-comers. Oh, I saw them when they came to Element. Like, oh, shit, really? That's cool. We've got the population. We've got the uh, demographics of all ages here, which is great, young and old and in between. And, yeah, lots of great restaurants. But when I came 20 years ago, Todd, there was, there was hardly anything. There wasn't really an exciting city i mean i should say region kitchener yeah. waterloo now it's like it's fantastic all these new bars opening up but you know i just can't wait for this COVID stuff to go away and then we can instead of talking about it we can actually go and experience it have the waiter come and shoot the shit with you treat you like one of their family members and just try different stuff on the menu for instance or talk to the waiter about you know what's going on in town you know because they know they know a lot what's going on that's what i miss i miss the down experience and uh, eating it properly instead of on your couch or on your dining room table in your pajamas, you know. <laughs> you know, I miss the whole get dressed up and yeah. Yeah. I will say that something that would definitely take all that and make it a zillion times better would be if the cost of living was affordable for everyone and not just people yeah, who have the good jobs a, in the tech field and all that. I think that's really... Yeah, that's the, that's it's, the unfortunate thing right now. I've heard people but, from Communitech and other parts of it deny that it's being gentrified, but it totally has. It's undeniable. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The but a lot of, now, it's like that um, a lot of places. All around though. there. Like Hamilton's become like that's that. Good, Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah, they're all, but in a way it kind of needs to, but it needs to also think of the community and not just rush and know it. Okay, we're planning to do this. What do you guys think? Yeah. But they don't. <laughs> they just do it. You know? Yeah. The silliest thing I've heard on CTV News a couple of years ago, what can we improve the downtown core? And this is when it was, wasn't the greatest. Now it's beautiful. Someone wrote in and said, planter boxes. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Planter boxes is not going to improve downtown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I still remember reading an article in 2017. They were talking about spending a five-figure amount lighting bike paths in the park. Oh, I didn't 
Oh, Talk okay. about the most necessary thing to spend a five-figure amount on. Is this at Victoria Park? Victoria Park or Waterloo Park. Why are you riding your bike at night in those parks? <laughs> okay. It can be a little dodgy sometimes. Not going to lie. <laughs> that thing, funny. that little thing oh, called man. daytime will, light, will illuminate everything for yeah. fucking zero dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and, and night shift workers ain't going to go for a bike ride. They're going to go home and sleep. <laughs> and wonder how they're going to afford rent because they don't work in communications. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Time for a musical interlude. I've always been in love with the music of the band Warpaint. I think they as people are fucking rad and uh, shit gold. Here's a track they released exclusively as a single following their self-titled LP. This is The Chauffeur by Warpaint. Oh, shall we lie? 
all my friends and family are, are back in Ontario and I have family in the East Coast and the West Coast, but like my world is still there. I, I feel so distant right now and even more so in the way that everyone does with COVID. All the, I'm hard relating to, to what you're saying about like, oh man, taking a shower just to leave the house to go somewhere where people are going to be close enough to smell you. God damn it, I missed that. Yeah, I haven't showered in two days. <laughs> you could have told me if you. I'm going <laughs> to shower tonight because <laughs> I have to get up early tomorrow. But yeah, that's sometimes I'm like, like I'm watching so much good TV lately, and I'm just if you just lose a track of time, I'm like, oh shit, you know what? I'll shower tomorrow morning. And it's not just me; it's my friends as well. Like, like I haven't showered in three days. I'm like, well, <laughs> fortunate, you know, so, yeah. but. People I was, my I was just watching Seinfeld the other night, and fuck, it's Tuesday? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. That reminds me when shower, Kramer was in the shower washing his fruit and veggies. I'm like, oh, my God. Bearing <laughs> a meal in the shower while he's taking a shower. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something. I, I don't know how much money Amazon's going to lose if there's no more pandemic. But I hope. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they'll be fine. <laughs> that they will be fine. <laughs> so pandemic. Be, I've got. A, I've got a conspiracy. Maybe they started it. <laughs> Amazon, listen, you'll be <laughs> fine. Let us have our lives back. <laughs> Maybe they started the pandemic. So fuck the retailers. Yeah. <laughs> but nope, not for me. I still support my local, especially my record store, Uncle Record. Shout out to Uncle in Kitchener. Um, yeah. They've been fantastic. We try and pick up our food at the restaurant because it's they make more money that way. But you know, mm. I think everyone knows that now. Yeah. At the same time, I'm I'm definitely qualified to to drive and deliver things, and I miss my car very much. So if I do come back, hire me. But also, I will support the restaurant by avoiding that. Absolutely. Uh, if it's a listen- big chain, I'm not too. I don't care, but I don't feel a guilt. But if it's a one-off store that you only get in KW, being a restaurant or you know a retailer, absolutely, I'll go pick it up. Of course, you're a good person. Yeah, vinyl records, man. Certainly, consuming me. I don't, I don't get the appeal, man. I think uh, a low bit rate MP3 is is the perfect. Uh, being sarcastic, but I'm trying to perfect a joke here. I'm not yeah, good in the moment. Uh, and you can take it anywhere. Doesn't skip. Doesn't. Scratch, yeah, sure. Okay, I, I, I see your appeal. It's. <laughs> I fucking love vinyl. I I love it so much that I love the smell of old cardboard. I love the smell of wax. I love the sound yeah. that it makes when you when the needle drops before the song starts. Yeah, I know what you mean. As anyone who who can appreciate this knows, there's the intimate listening experience that you have when That's you're looking at that very true image and photo. Yeah. I'm am just curious to know like when when you were like you know what I I I identify as a vinyl collector. I identified as a vinyl collector about seven years ago, but previous to that, my dad that's all he bought right uh, until CDs came out, and then shout out to 1988. But before that, I remember when I was nine and back in 1984, born in the USA, and Madonna's Like a Virgin was the biggest thing out there now, and he got me those albums. I'm like. That couldn't, and I'm thinking, looking back at it now, I'm thinking, that couldn't be the most diverse ask for a kid. Hey, Dad, can you give me Bruce Springsteen and Madonna? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was nine years old. What's a virgin? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, right. God. 
If I'm going to understand what like a version means, I first need to know what a version is, and then I can draw yeah. comparisons and, to a beat. And you know what, Todd? When I was nine, and that's the year when and I was going to divert a bit. That's the year, like '84, great uh, age nine. When I was a kid, I thought in order to have a baby, you had to get married. And then when I saw a news thing about a 12-year-old getting pregnant, then I put two and two together. <laughs> oh, okay. So when I was up to nine, when the, Like a Virgin came out, that's when it all clicked as a pre-pubescent boy. I'm like, oh, now I get it. Sorry to divert a bit. But as for collecting, yeah, my dad, like if I like something, you go and grab it. The last vinyl he bought for me, and I still have it, he sent it to me by a friend who was in Australia. The last vinyl he, and a couple of others that I liked, but it was Crowded House, Temple of Low Men, and it was a picture disc. That was the last vinyl he bought for me as a kid, because, you know, 88 CDs. That album will always remind me, after we bought that vinyl at the Virgin Megastore, back in, when Virgin was a store, and it was like a proper record store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was commercialized, but... It was a record store. We got into a car accident after that, like straight after we bought it. It was a rainy day and we got into a car accident. We're all good. We're all fine. The car was fucked up, but we're fine. That album being the last album he bought for me, how I remember it associating with a rainy day. I was eating fish and chips before and I remember everything about that day, a photographic memory. And then we got into a car accident. The guy who hit us ran off and I chased after him. I was... 13 <laughs> and this guy on the scooter hopped off the sidewalk and started chasing this guy with me and we caught him so that reminds me of all that craziness but uh temple of Lowman uh by crowded house it is absolutely a beautiful album every time i listen to it my mind just wanders back and it's not a unhappy pleasant thought it's it's quite a nice thought because my dad bought me this album and it was a picture disc and i thought this is freaking cool. You know, (laughs) I've never seen a picture disc before. It's always black vinyl. Fast forward seven or probably eight years ago now, when I was dating my now fiance, her dad was getting back into collecting his old vinyl that he sold back in the seventies. Basically he could afford to live and to get married back in the seventies. And that's what some people had to do. I mean, I mean, yeah, they were selling for, couple of bucks a pop and those albums that he's replacing they're up there in price now because the resurgence of vinyl i think really came in 2005 and then slowly slowly fast forward to 2012 13 then it really got ramped up but when i was dating her at the beginning you know we'd come over and have dinner and he's always down in the basement with his vinyl records and setting up his stereo and like huh he basically reintroduced me to collecting if I was back in Australia, I'm sure I'd be collecting still. But I was like so interested. I'm like, and he had a spare record player. Then I went to a record fair in Mississauga. And for those who don't know where Mississauga is, it's pretty much Toronto. And I bought Paul Simon's Graceland and the Beatles' Sgt. Peppers. Huh. And then it just, yeah, that was my first two albums that I bought here. Because I really, Paul Simon Graceland's is definitely, it's probably in my top five. Nice. Sure. And, and, and Sgt. Peppers. Those two albums I was looking for. I mean, there were thousands of albums at this record convention that I, I needed those two albums just to start. And now, you know, 1,300 records later, here I am now. And I've learned a lot, a lot over the years. 
like every year I'm learning something new. I'm discovering new music. I'm in sort of like a vinyl community on Instagram, met a lot of good friends and collecting and showing what you are passionate about, you know, Hey, if I get 10 likes or a thousand likes, I don't care. As long as I put out what I like, not only that, Todd, what other people put on Instagram, what they post, it could be 20 years old, but to me it's new. And that's a beauty thing about the beautiful thing about Instagram. It's new music to you, but for them, they've listened to it for like the last 20 years. Mm. And then you go and find it on Spotify or iTunes or whatever streaming service you happen to do. Wow. Like, where have I been? You know, this album's been around for 20 years, and then you go into a deep dive in the artist, and so it's like a massive wormhole, but it's fantastic. I mean, that's where the education comes from, is other people's posts. That's the thing, though. I mean, whether it's Instagram or in-person conversations or this, there, there's yeah, nothing... Exactly, there's yeah. Like, because the information's out there for anything, right? Whether it's yep. the cold robotic Wikipedia or really cool websites dedicated to preserving the info on it. There's nothing like getting yep. a personally delivered conversational. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And I, I love that about Instagram. It's you like, if you talk to this person like twice a year or every day, and what I like about it, it's not my, like, I'm going to be better than you. Like I know more than you. It's just, it's the way you word your information and the way you, your knowledge, you don't sound like a douchebag. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's very inviting to hear and for them to listen to my comments. And But the amount of albums that I've bought from other people's postcards in the last year, quite a lot. Would I have known about them? Probably. But it's the, as you said, it's a personal touch. Yeah. You know? Time for another music song. This is a song that you'll hear me bring up and chat about later on in my conversation with my guest, Daniel. And this is a song made for Converse by Gorillaz with Andre 3000 and James Murphy. And in celebration of it being summer and being back home and all, with consideration of the fact that this podcast doesn't turn a profit and is in his last month, I'm going to play a track, if I want, by a label artist. We'll remove if requested. Anyway, do your thing by Gorillaz, Andre 3K, and James Murphy. I'm a pet imitator of a boy in the sky With a cap in his head and a knot in his tie I'm the light in the mile when the power is gone The shadow in the corner just playing along I'm only red in my beard, I'm rolling aside But if I get a car, I'm roaming the ride Because I know if I ever tell a living to you You got a volunteer and you don't know what to do You stop
my appeal. Quit acting like you don't wanna be here. Fuck around and get jumped like leave your Glock in the glove, make you really wanna leave me alone. Get lost, gone, gone. Okay, 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 back to the happy zones. Rap ain't nothing but all the talk niche. My good look pretty up there, around it. My plaid past, my solid future. Ass not ass and a gorgeous coochie. I'm an outcast, but you're into me. Someone got mad 'cause winter blooming. That juice of fruit, that's blue, just blue. Generation X on blue to blue. Get duke, gotta get duke, duke. Everybody hit the flow, we through the roof. Ha! Like a chimney, I commend me. How come it be some lame man? We can talk about oh, he don't rap enough. Well y'all rap a lot, and I'm like rap it up, ho. You ain't Scarface, you ain't Willie D, you ain't Bushwick, you ain't killing me. Better play with your mom, Mr. Mama. Bet you still stay with your mom, Mr. Mama. Keep sleeping on my, I'ma rock my pajamas in the daytime. I swear I promise, Dad, I can take some tear, dig my face off. How come blacks don't play baseball? Y'all right, no y'all can chase all this flyish. I stay finna take off. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. You ain't fresh squeeze juice, you give you that tang. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. Wait, you're really slick, Rick? No, you ain't a thing. Better up, head her up, lava language in the vocal volcanic. If it ain't fixed, don't broke it, don't panic. If it ain't this, it ain't shit, get shamming. If it ain't this, it ain't dope, it don't flush. And if it ain't hip, it don't hop, it ain't hush. Man, they sound like man, they stole your man. They look like nobody ain't us. I do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. If you're really slick, Rick, no, you ain't a thing. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. Do your damn thing, do your thing, a thing. You fresh squeeze juice, you can do that thing. If you don't know by memory your entire record collection, you might not be able to tell me if you have this. But do you have? Oh, I know, I know, I know what I have and what I don't have. <clears throat> okay, so do you have a vinyl copy of Minute by Minute by the Doobie Brothers? No, but I have the best of. Okay, Minute by Minute is the first album with Michael McDonald, and I don't know if you know about the. Okay. Yep. There was a Channel One One show that sort of went beyond One One called Yacht Rock, and it's it's like. <laughs> So there's I love like, that term. There's the yo- I mean, they invented it. A lot of people don't know this. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's not yacht rock, huh. but it has nautical terms in it. So people think sail come sail away is yacht rock, even though it's far from it. I, I'm just regurgitating uh, them now, but like okay. yacht rock has to do with a music scene in SoCal between the mid '70s and the mid '80s that was just. Yeah a lot of incestuous musicianship on each other's records and co-writing. So it's like Steely Dan, Toto, Michael McDonald, and Kenny Loggins being like the chief captains yeah, the of main. this yacht. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Minute by Minute, maybe there's people who've never heard of Yacht Rock listening to this, but Minute by Minute's the first Doobie Brothers album with Michael McDonald. And the big hit song off of it, What a Fool Believes, was the first of three songs that he co-wrote with Kenny Loggins. It was like his first commercial hit song. Aretha Franklin fucking covered that song on the strength of how good it was. For the three songs that Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald wrote together, they each recorded it and released it at around the same time, which is really cool. So that you get you get to instantly hear these co-writers alternate versions. And who is a music nerd that doesn't love alternate versions? I love so, 
on the version. Yeah, and a lot of Record Store Day albums are alternate versions, and it's it's great. Like Record Store Day is one of my favorite. Actually, it's better than Christmas. To be quite honest, it's better than my birthday. It's better than Christmas. It's Record Store Day is for me, and I was just talking to someone this morning about it. I get a real high. I get a real rush when Record Store Day comes around to find these albums that some songs that have been released and you know yeah i mean it's just one of those days where and you talk about alternate versions i mean fleetwood mac will put out a lot of albums in the last couple of years of alternate versions i've never got them for some reason i don't know why but i've never gotten a fleetwood mac record store day album i have every single of their stuff on vinyl from the beginning to now yeah but never there it's weird i don't know why i just felt weird about it i don't know why i did it's just one of those things where we're like, oh, I don't need it, but yeah, that's the beauty about Record Store Day. Yeah, and I know you can YouTube alternate versions. I mean, it's yeah. easy. But again, when we're talking about like the value of the experience of listening to vinyl, it's like you're also, <laughs> I know it's capitalist, but it's like you're getting something that was made for this day. So it's like this really exclusive yeah, exactly. made thing. That's the thrill of it. You're, you line up and you're thinking, am I going to get it? Am I going to get it? And honestly, the shit, man, I mean, I'm hopeless. I rarely sleep the night before. That's how stupid I am. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it when like a cool <laughs> band that's like active makes music yeah. for Record Store Day? Because they're like, fuck. Yeah, they do. You have to get it. It's a, it's a Record you Store Day to. exclusive song. Fucking Blur. Only a thousand, yeah, blur. only a thousand releases, I could say. Yeah, the Gorillas have been doing that a lot with their stuff. Some of my favorite Gorilla songs are yeah. ones that weren't on albums. Like they were made for some yeah, kind of I mean, great. They yeah. did a song for uh, Converse. Uh, oh yeah. It might've been released on a 12 inch, huh. but it was like, um, wow, we're, we're going to go into the weeds a little bit, but Gorillas teamed right. up with Andre 3000 and um, someone else and put out a song called Do You Thang for Converse. It's one of my favorite songs. Anyway, cool. sorry. Um, yeah, listen, <laughs> I think that you and I should continue talking about vinyl betwixt ourselves, yeah. but I'm so glad that I got you on this podcast because the cover wouldn't exist without me looking good once and you photographing it with your super awesome skill and being a good friend to me all this time. I appreciate, appreciate you, man. Yeah, I do too, man. You know, you, it's a pity you're living this far away right now. <laughs> yeah. this, this conversation would have been great. It's good now. But I think when you see the person in front of you, you can feed off their mannerisms and look at their facial expressions. And if you're yeah, an audiophile, I mean, nothing sounds better than the in-person mix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's more I analog mean, than analog. Vinyl to me lately, Todd, has been more of a therapy thing for me. And I know it sounds all hippy-dippy and you know hipsterish and whatnot, but it really has, I mean... Buying a vinyl wherever you buy it and then sitting down and listening to it. Like, I, I love the process of it, especially when it's a limited edition and you know you have one and it's coming in the mail and it finally gets to your doorstep and you're like, oh, this could be it. And it is. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to put this on Instagram. I'm going to show the world that look what I fucking got. And I know two or three others will post the same thing. And when, then we nerd out about it and we listen to it. It just helps me ground myself it just helps me relax and uh it's just helping me be grounded listening to new music and i said this before just it, it really helps me relax mm. and to unwind and the fact that you have to listen to the first song and the end song and don't skip in between that's the beauty about this format 
I'm like CD. You're like, ah, oh, fuck this song. Skip. You know? Yeah. I sink down on my couch right in between my speakers. That's my spot. Just like Sheldon on the big bang theory. Yeah. And I just tune out for 45 minutes or whatever it is. Can the you full nine yards. These, yeah. Sorry, I'll be right back. I'm going to cut from me saying, can you hold that thought to me going, and we're back. I just peed everybody. Woohoo! <laughs> but listen, man, once again, I, I can't thank you enough for, for wanting to do this more so for being my friend, but like this podcast is certainly both a nice chance to, to finally have you on, but any chance to chat with you on or off the record is, is nice. And I, I miss you. I miss home. Is there, what, what, what's the, this is how we'll go out. What's the what's the current record that's your go to today or this week? Oh, oh! I just posted today. Um, John Baptiste. Uh, he's the Stephen Colbert's right hand music man. Oh, nice! And um, man, it is such a beautiful record. I was almost tearing up and crying because it was that beautiful. I don't know that sounds a pretentious in that, but <laughs> when I got it from Encore, as soon as I got home, I put it on. It is just magical. I totally recommend it. It's called We Are. It is so good. It's forwarded by Quincy Jones. Oh, nice. So when you open up the gate file, and this is a nice package. This is when I was talking about one of those nice packages. It's got that sort of recycled cardboard sort of paper feel to it. Obviously, the record's inside, but the lyrics are actually a booklet. It's not a sheet. It's actually a little booklet. Looks like it's made of recycled paper. It's got that sort of like tea stain to look to it. Like it's got like it's old from the 1800s or something. It's got that sort of look with nice uh, sort of typewriter lyrics inside. But the album is just beautiful. I played it three times in the last three days and I just can't get enough of it. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. 